Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. We welcome you to today's show. Well, hello and, and welcome to episode 13 of the Everyday Church Podcast. It's great to be here again. Yeah, we are back. Uh, we're not going to apologize that we haven't been putting any, any episodes on. We've been on holidays and we didn't really plan it and we didn't really think about it. We've just been busy. Yeah, and you had an amazing time at Hillsong, which is yeah, great as well. I, uh, I drove up to, to Sydney with a couple of friends and we had our uh, Hillsong conference, which was pretty cool. We were there for uh, about a week. Um, great time of community, really. If you could just imagine what uh, 30,000-ish people in a stadium worshipping Jesus for a week looks like, that's what I was kind of in for a whole week. So that was, uh, it was encouraging, it was inspiring. I felt that I, I was being fed with some with, with a good word and um, come away pretty pumped. Yeah, that's good, man. And I've just had two weeks of uh, school holidays. I'm in school mode still because I'm a chaplain, so I'm still kind of working in terms and holidays. So I've kind of been on a bit of a break. But it's it's good to be back into the swing of things in regards to the podcast. It's good to slowly get back into school ministry and ease my way back into church ministry. But um, it's been good. It's been good. Um, today, we're going to get straight into our topic. We're going to be talking about um, agility. Agility. Yeah, the ability to change direction quickly. Quickly. I, I put a definition on the fly. How good was that? <laughs> and, and, and the key, I think, is that it is the speed in which an agile person is someone who can change direction quickly. Mm. And so um, I, I, I think that uh, when we talk about ministry and agility, we don't necessarily put them together in the same sort of breath because mm. normally we have to process things through about 17 committees before we can get get anything going it's, it's true yeah. but but you've got a really cool story um and I, and I want you to to take it away of what you did last week uh with uh tim to uh really uh, an agile response to what is a massive phenomenon these days within uh the western world yeah yeah well when uh tim and myself and we'll few others went to hillsong um this crazy thing happened Mm. This this app got released that I think has changed the world, even just for a couple of weeks. Uh, the app Pokemon Go came out. Now, for Tim and myself, who grew up as children in the era of Pokemon, uh, this was amazing. So that we could like, you know, forget about our Game Boys to an extent and just pick up what already was in our hands and go explore the world of Pokemon while we're at a church conference was awesome. And we're not going to really go into Pokemon, so if you don't know no, figure what it, it is, just, you're <laughs> not on this planet. Uh, work uh, it out. I'll give you the, the nuts and bolts, and you can kind of piece it together, hopefully, as you listen in. Um, but Pokemon Go came out, which was an app that allows people to kind of explore two worlds at once, the world they're in and the Pokemon world. Um, and what we found is one night we were stopped out at a, a country town called Hay, which is in between kind of Sydney and Adelaide, and we're coming home. Um, and we walk out to a park because we want to go catch some Pokemon. Um, middle of nowhere, there's just really a pub and a, and a park that we're at, and there's this Pokestop. And if you don't know what it is, that's fine, but it's a stop where you get some free resources for the game, and there's, the, the, there's a thing within the game that you can add something called a lure, and a lure is, is meant to be a, a paid thing that you, you pay a dollar, and you put a lure at, 
this Pokestop. And all of a sudden, all the Pokemon that you once had to walk to go find, walk to you mm. and come to that stop. And we were sitting there and it lasts for about half an hour, this lure. We were sitting there and all of a sudden a car pulls up next to us and stays in their car and you can see the glow on their face because of their phone. <laughs> They're playing Pokemon. And like In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere at about 10.30 at night in hay. And then they drove, drive away and then another car comes. And then another car comes and we thought, yeah. oh my goodness, what's going on here? And then at the same time, me and Tim look at each other and just think, this, this could work. Not just in hay, this could work anywhere. And so you gave me a late night phone call. <laughs> we did. To say, Barry, are you playing this game? Which. You were. I was. <laughs> don't, be don't be ashamed. <laughs> and you said, is there a poker stop in our church? And and what what I found is the majority of churches have poker stops at them, mm. uh, no matter where they are. Yeah, yeah. Ours happens to have three. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and so. Uh, that started you and Tim thinking in a whole different way, didn't it? Oh, yeah. It, it, got, it got us thinking because we thought, oh, my goodness, if we can get people coming to a random spot in the middle of nowhere to catch Pokemon, surely they'd be willing to come to the church building to catch Pokemon. So we then uh, contact the admin minister, happens to be uh, admin administrator person who happens to be your wife, mm -hmm. and saying, is the hall available? Can we start something up? And she said, yes, this is when it's available. So we make a Facebook page, we get an event out there, we call it a lure event, and we place it at the church, and we, we held it on Monday. That's just gone, really. Monday, just gone. Yeah. Now, you did a lot of work on promoting this on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we and, worked hard. And worked hard, and uh, what was your response on Facebook? What was the kind of... Uh, oh, well, um, so we, what we did is we set up the Facebook page, which was a general Pokemon Go Gawler page. Share, share, share what it is so people can have a look. Yeah, uh, we called it Gawler Poker Center, um, which is a bit of you know game jargon. If you're not really familiar with Pokemon, it's not going to make any sense to you, but we thought that was quite clever. Um, and once we made the page, we then created an event on that page. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we called it um, Pokemon Go Lure Event Gawler because there's a couple kind of going on around. Um, and we set it up and we invited some of our friends that we knew would be keen. And then I threw about $30 on it okay. as a Facebook advertising. And I said, and I kind of chose the diameter of what kind of geographical area I want to kind of get in. And then all of a sudden we just started seeing people get really interested in the event. Uh, we saw people clicking that they were interested and some saying that they were going. Um, and we got a really great um, social media response to the event before it even got going. Mm. We ended up with 161 people saying that, yes, they were going to go. Mm -hmm. And we had 394 people saying they're interested in the event. So which is pretty big for a little country town in Gawler. None, yeah, you know, that's pretty huge. And just so you're aware when it comes to Facebook uh, events, when someone clicks that they're interested, they get all the notifications as if they were going. And also, it then comes up on their friend's newsfeed that Joe Bloggs is interested in this event. So the promotion for this event went through the roof. Mm. Um, it was really great. We had some negative people saying stuff on the page and some things we had to delete. Um, but we worked really hard to put up some photos and some images to kind of uh, promote the event as it led up to it. Um, and then we, we ran the event. Now, you ran this at, at 9 o'clock on a Monday on morning. On a Monday morning. We went from 9 to 11.30. Which is really not peak time when you think about it, is it? No, not really. But we wanted to try and tap into the school holidays as well. Mm. So we thought maybe we can get some young people. 
young people are free. They're not, unless they're working, they're all good. Um, so we gave it a go, but no, it wasn't ideal, but it happened to be when we were free. So we just did it when it worked best for, for Tim and myself. Um, and we had about 100 people rock up. Which is amazing. Amazing. So we had three poker stops for two and a half hours. We had these lures on them and people came and we were selling coffee and food. We had the old school cartoon on the big screen. People were playing table tennis and we had tables and chairs absolutely everywhere. And people were just all around the property, inside, outside and everything. And it was just an incredible event. What was great about it is we had some great conversations with some young people and invited them to our local youth group. Yeah. We had some conversations with those that were at the event but were by themselves. Perfect people to talk to, really, because a lot of people were clustered together. But those who were by themselves, we just built a relationship with them, invited them to the next event. Um, it was a really encouraging time. And what was, was great about it was that we were able to put it together, like you said, reasonably quickly wasn't overly expensive. We actually, as a church, made some money off it as well. wasn't really our initial goal. Our goal was just to throw a great event. Um, but it kind of worked now, in both what, ways. What, what I liked about this uh, event was when you started to share with me how easy it was to strike up conversations oh. <laughs> with people you, you didn't know. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, what's good about having a common reason why you're gathering, it, it, it makes it easy to talk. Mm. When you're at church, it's kind of easy to talk to people at church because you're all Christians, you can talk about Christian stuff. But when you're gathering for another reason, for an outreach event, and everyone is, is committed to this game, you just talk about the game. You can walk up to anyone with no fear or worry and just say, hey man, what level are you on this game? Or what Pokemon have you caught? Or what's been the coolest thing you've done with Pokemon? And it was just a really easy way for not just myself and Tim, but for other people from the church who were, one, playing the game or wanted to come and talk to people, they could do it really easily. Mm -hmm. So it was just such a joy just to sit back and see people come in and enjoy themselves. Um, a highlight for me was I had a young mum and her young son come mm -hmm. to the event and they just we were sitting at a table and she just sat down at the table. And she obviously felt that she could do that, which was she most certainly could have. And she sat down and she was playing with her son and then we started talking. And I said, um, where, where are you from? Like after, of course, you do all the Pokemon chat, then it's, oh, how'd you hear about it? She said, oh, on Facebook. Where are you from? Oh, from Salisbury. It's a good 15, 20 minute drive from Gawler. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, what brought you along? She said, well, for me and my son, we just knew that the church would be a safe place to come. That's great, isn't it? I thought... Whoa, that, that's awesome. So they came all this way because she knew it would be a safe place to play the game with friendly people. And she's going to be back well and truly for the next event. So I thought that for me, that was a real highlight. Have heaps of people, make a little bit of cash and strike up some really good conversations with people. So Jordy, one of the things I've been impressed with, with Tim and you in this whole event was that you saw an opportunity that was... Um, evolving within the local community and, and then you leverage that opportunity to say well how can we turn something that is already gain which is obviously gaining uh, a large momentum quickly mm -hmm. but how can we leverage that into a ministry opportunity without you expending a great deal of energy because yeah. really it didn't take no, not really. that much energy to do uh, and then be able to then use it again to build mm. ministry relationships. Yeah, yeah. Is that agility that was is 
you know, was, that really impressed me. Yeah. I mean, you, you came back um, basically on the Sunday night by the following the following Monday, Monday after that, we, not the next day, but the next week. We did it, yeah. You we had the within seven days, really, we were, we were ready and, to go. And we don't know how long the Pokemon Go, go craze could be. It could be around for another four years. Yeah. And as a church, we could run regular lure events mm. for the next four years. It could fizzle out in the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really know. But what was important is, is that we saw the opportunity and responded yeah. to it quickly. Yeah, I think we, through the event, at the, I think the peak of its hype. That as, as Pokemon was coming in, there was a peak, and we're starting to see it kind of peter-patter out a little bit now. Whether it, how long it lasts, like you said, we have no idea. But I think what we did is we hit the event at the peak of its hype. Everyone was playing the game, and it was so easy to gather people. And and not a lot of people have, are taking up that opportunity to, no. to see it. Now, I, I mean, I've done some research, and, and I, I know that the games manufacturers are going to start selling Pokestops to businesses so mm. they can put lures on to their attract people yeah, yeah. to their businesses. So... The, the makers of the game know the potential, mm. but the fact that we as a church already saw it beforehand and already have the position for it yeah. uh, is, is a great see, thing. See, we won't talk too much about Pokemon, but one thing I found interesting was they deliberately didn't put Pokestops at businesses because they knew they could be leveraged. They put them at community places, parks, historical event, uh, historic, historical places, and churches. Because there's no way they would leverage it for their own gain. Because there's this stigma that the church isn't agile, but the church is slow. Mm. So as I was driving back from Sydney, I passed so many poker stops at so many churches. And I thought, wow, I wonder that they've missed it. Because really, I think if you throw an event now, you're probably almost missing the, the boat with this. You know, We've built a bit of a community. I think our event next Thursday night will still go reasonably well. Um, I don't know how long that will last, but... Even just to get two events in, I think, is a, is a great uh, testament to how fast as a church we were able to accept it. Because it wasn't just Tim and my idea. It was the church saying yes, the church getting behind it, us working as a team. We had a team of about six or seven people from the church there doing stuff and cooking mm. food and stuff. So um, it's, just, it's just interesting, I found, that they put it at places where it couldn't be leveraged and yet we were able to leverage it. And so, I mean, we're at a unique spot where we had three three stops, mm. uh, really from the centre of our hall. You could access all three stops, which is awesome. which is, which is uh, uh, very good for the game. Mm. But again, getting back to the agility of the church, uh, I mean, sometimes we're going to take a risk. Yeah. Like we could have, you know, spent the um, probably cost us about a hundred bucks to put the the event on, mm. but we could have spent that and five people turned up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's about taking that risk and, and seeing the opportunity that's available to us. Now, in the past, the church hasn't been great at doing that. No. Mainly because it has its accountability structures. And what you find with uh, churches that are moving forward is that they make ways for themselves to be agile, mm. where they don't have to process too many committees and too many things to get something up and going that's relatively simple mm. and so um, that's one of the things that as a church that we've got to explore into the future is how do we continue to be agile as people come up with ideas for how they can 
connect it to the community the way that we have with this event. Yeah, yeah. And I think for, for leaders and pastors that are listening, listening and say a great first step for this is exploring how you can streamline that conversation. Because sometimes those little uh, events or, or crazes or whatever is going on in your community can even just be very localised. You can miss that in a couple of days if your level of communication with your congregation is a bit lacking. But if you can find a way to streamline those conversations into action quickly, I'm not committing to something that is is outrageous. So, for instance, if I came to you and said, Barry, Pokemon Go is going amazing. We want to do 12 events in 12 months. That would have immediately slowed down the conversation because the commitment level was through the roof. Mm. So Because we said, we just want to do one event. One event, two hours, We'll be in and out. We'll mop up and clean, and we'll. we'll it's, it's a Monday morning. Yeah, it's a Monday morning. <laughs> Who's using the church? And you said yes. Administration said yes. We did it. You know, it's quick. It's efficient, and because it worked, we then called you and said, "Can we do a second event?" And we did it, and we prom- we promoted it at the first event. So it's about getting that stuff done quickly, and and doing it well, so that you don't miss the easy gatherings. Because that's what it that's was. Right. It was an easy gathering. gathering. And that's all it is, because when Christians are able to gather, we can talk. If we can gather the community, we can communicate with the community. That's what we want to do. So that's right. And, and so how do you, how do you uh, recognize, how, how do you then embrace that which is already going on in the community and hop on board? It's something that we've got to continue to have um, uh, our eyes open. And, and what, it's, what it's showing uh, me is, is that there is a, a beginning hunger within um, the community for genuine community. They just yeah, don't know yeah. how to do it no idea. and they don't come to the church as a place to do it because they don't know that the church does it very well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, and so these kinds of events uh, show uh, the community that we do community really well. Yeah. And yeah. if we can be agile to leveraging those kind of events to it, then that would be great. The church hasn't been in the past. I mean, uh, we've done a whole episode back on episode two or three or something like that about getting online on the internet. <laughs> yeah. You know, the internet's been around for 20 years now or whatever, yeah. and uh, and there's still churches who don't want to touch it. Yeah. But it, it is something that uh, we should have moved on really quickly mm-hmm. as churches and said we're jumping on that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and same with you know, live broadcasting of church services. We think we have to have all these technologies now. All you need is a smartphone and an internet account and you can streamline your service. And if you haven't already had a smartphone, you've missed another boat, really. <laughs> That's right. Come on. How long has the iPhone been out for? For too long, you know? Long. So you've got to yeah. have one. And if you do, yeah, you just point and shoot and you can live stream your whole service to the world. You know, there's so many opportunities that if you're agile, you can tap into really quickly. So I know when... Uh, the live streaming app called Periscope came out and Twitter bought it. So there was the hype already. Twitter was, you know, it's pretty big. And Periscope was added to that. It wasn't the first live streaming app that was around. There was others prior to it, but this one had the most publicity. So there was users flocking to Periscope. So we, as quickly as we could, I think the first Sunday after Periscope was launched, we threw up our sermon up on Periscope. And we got a bit of traction with it. But then, of course, Periscope then, as an app, if you don't know, has kind of flopped since then. It kind of got overrun by Facebook, who brought out something very similar. So then we stopped using Periscope. And just the same with the Pokemon event. When Pokemon dies down, 
you just stop. Don't get too committed. Don't get. Don't hold on to it for too long. Just yeah. take the ride for as long as it comes, and then bail out when you want to bail and, out. And because the agility happens at both ends yeah, of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. You've got to pick up quickly, but you've also got to be prepared to drop quickly mm. if it's running out of steam. And the last thing you want to do is have a thousand things that you're doing mm. and, and trying to keep something alive that is not alive. I love, Geordie, the story of the printing press. Mm. That the very first book that came off the printing press yeah, was the yeah. Bible. Yeah. And there was Christians who saw a new technology and used it and, and were the first to jump on it. And yeah. I, I think that's how we should be uh, today. Mm. There's lots of new things that are coming out that are, that, are, that are about to come in. There's a whole new thing called 360 video that's coming in mm. and 360 cool. pictures that are coming in. Yeah, yeah. It's our brand new technology. But how could you... Uh, how can we leverage that kind mm. of technology for the kingdom of God? That's what we've always got to be thinking of doing. Now, if you don't have the tech heads in your group, uh, in your church, then maybe that's not, technology's not the way to go. But yeah. but if you can just look at what's happening in your community and see what's gathering momentum and looking at how you as a church can hook into it, yeah. then it doesn't need to be technology-based. It can be anything first. And that's right. One of the, 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 the two big things that I got out of Hillsong Conference, there was so much to absorb, but two of the things that came out for me was the call for a church to be relevant and a call for a church to be creative. And I think that as a church, as a global body, we've failed in some of those areas because we're not overly creative. We forget that our God is incredibly creative and we are creative beings. And so we should create. We should be creative in how we think creative in how we do ministry, we should actually invent the new craze rather than just jump onto it. Yeah. That's what the church and Christians are supposed to be. I think the minimum that we can do is observe our communities, what's going on, and how can we leverage it? How can we be agile as a church to serve the needs of the community and to bring the gospel into it, I think is incredibly important. And two, we're supposed to be relevant. And like we've discussed in other episodes, if you don't have a website as a church, you are an irrelevant church in, in on the online world. Irrelevant. You're not even there in what people are gathering in. If you don't have a dot on Google Maps to say <laughs> this is where your church is, <laughs> if you don't, you can't put in your church's name in the search engine. And it finds you. And it finds you. Then you're missing yeah. uh, a massive proportion of the community yeah. uh, who could hook into your yeah. church that aren't. To my generation, you don't exist. Don't exist. If you're not online, you don't exist. And that is huge. So if you're not online, get online. Don't muck around with it. Get it done. And I'm almost 50, and I'd say my generation's the same. Mm. If, if you, you know, you, not, you don't exist to people 50 and below if you're not on the internet in some shape or form. And as we said in our earlier podcast, Facebook page is not hard to do. It's free. Dropping a pin on, on the Google Maps is not that hard to do. Mm. You're just going to be willing to step out and say we want to connect in this way. Yeah. I hope that uh, today's podcast, now that we're back into the swing of things, has been <laughs> great for you. And we want to encourage you to look at the opportunities that God presents you. Yeah. Don't try and manufacture them. But when the spark of God hits you and the Spirit of God tells you that there's an idea, then run with it. 
to the best of your abilities. You're not going to succeed every time. You're not going to get 100 people to everything that you have a go at. Mm. But, but you've got to have a continual go at things to get into the rhythm, mm. to make it worthwhile uh, for you and for what God wants to do through you. All right, until, well, until next time, and we, which will be next week. We're into it again. We're back. Episode 14 is already on its way, and it's going to be a ripper. So I hope you're enjoying it. Share it with your community. Get online with it. Share the conversation. I hope and I pray that what we've discussed today is going to spark something new inside you as a leader and your church to be agile in your community. Happy Pokemon hunting. Yeah, have fun, guys. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast, where we seek to be a help to the everyday church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net, and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.